This is episode 27 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and today in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to boost your productivity with a self-healing day. We're going to be getting clear on the alternate forms of actions that you can take to boost your productivity, and many of these are counterintuitive. In this episode, you're going to hear why your brain needs a break, the importance of mental downtime, how the busyness trap keeps us stuck, the surprising benefit of doing nothing to accomplish more, and the four key components that I use when having a self-healing day along with specific exercises and actions you can take to feel your best during this time. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. How many times have you been sitting at your desk at work or doing a huge project at home, whether it's planning a wedding or a vacation or something that is requiring a lot of your time and more specifically, it requires maybe routine or even mundane small tasks, but they end up taking up a lot of brain power. And you might notice that the more you push yourself and the more tired you find yourself getting or the more you realize I haven't gotten up out of my chair in hours, the harder smaller tasks seem to become. You might find yourself in the afternoon saying, I just don't know why my brain's not working, or I had a thought, or I can't remember what I was gonna say mid-conversation. This is because your brain needs a break. If you think about it, we get up in the morning, and from the minute we get up to the more the minute that we start working, whatever that may be, whether that's staying at home, whether that's taking care of kids, whether it's a full-time job or being an entrepreneur, our brain is on a marathon sprint to get us through the day. And if we were thinking about this in terms of going on a hike or running, we would certainly stop and take breaks, right? We would certainly stop and stretch or make sure to get some water. We tend to take for granted our brain's ability to just keep going all day long. But there is a breaking point, and this is why it's so important to take a break. There's certain ways that you can do this throughout your day, including Pomodoro techniques, which basically the Pomodoro method is just working for 25 minutes and then taking a five-minute break, or working for 20 minutes and taking a five-minute break. It's really creating a solid amount of time where you can focus and then take a minute to get up from your desk and walk around, whatever. Whatever it means for you to take a break, I encourage you to set an alarm on your phone or in your Outlook calendar, whatever, at least every hour or just every hour to start to get up from your desk and take a break. The thing is, is that we enter into mental fatigue and it's not always this hard stop, right? We don't necessarily get to this place where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything anymore. It kind of just slowly slumps into our day. And before we know it, decision-making gets hard or we, be, or we get irritable or we get moody or we like turn to food as a way to keep our mental processes going when really all we need is a simple break. One of the things that you can do is make time for mental downtime. And I'm talking about creating time where you're actually doing nothing. 
whether that's sitting out in nature and just relaxing, whether it's laying in your bed and looking up at the ceiling, whether it's sitting in front of the TV and just mindlessly watching a reality TV show. Some people may tell you, oh, this stuff isn't good for you, but I'm telling you it's important to make time and to schedule in time for your brain to relax. Just like we have rest days, if we're going hard at the gym, it's important to have rest moments with our brain. In fact, there was a study done where participants were asked to take at least one day off in the evening after work. And they found that these, these people had a higher productivity rate when they got back to work. They increased their work-life balance. They were calling in sick less often, and they just reported an overall better well being. I mean, it makes sense, right? Think about how many times you go from going to work to going home and doing even more. If you're a creative or an entrepreneur or you have some project you're working on, then you know that not the day doesn't end when you clock out. The day doesn't end when you get in your car and you commute home. There are often things that we're doing. We're going to school. We're studying online. Our day is never ending. And guess what? Our brain is never getting that needed break. So it's super important to have that mental downtime and to really unplug, to get off of social media, to set your phone in a different room. I can't tell you how often I leave my bedroom and walk over to my living room. I'm currently in a an apartment that's less than 700 square feet. And the moment I get to a different part of my apartment, I often think, oh, where's my phone? How ridiculous is that? We don't need our phone to be attached at our hip, but it's often something that we just do out of habit. The more that you can unplug, the more that you can do creative, fun things with your brain, things that don't require you to have that huge cognitive function of decision making or critical thinking, whether that means reading a book that's just fun or doodling or coloring in a coloring book or drawing mandalas, I'm telling you, it's going to pay off big time. One of the things that happens to a lot of us is that we get stuck in this busyness trap. And what I mean by this is that we think that our success is tied to how busy we are, when really how busy we are isn't necessarily tied to how productive we are. There is the glorification of busy. There's the, I'll just take time to take a nap later, or I'll take a day off when I'm dead, or I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? We, we've heard these things. We hear other people say it, and we may not really believe it ourselves, but we find ourselves doing it over and over again, because if we can just spend one more hour doing something, maybe we can finally be done. The truth is, is that we're never going to be done. There's always going to be more work. One of the most important and amazing influential things that one of my first managers told me when I started one of my first full-time jobs out of college was, Sarah, you just got to go home. I would often end up staying well past four o'clock, which was the typical time I would go home. And she would say, what are you doing? And I would say, well, there's just more stuff I need to get done. And she would say, Sarah, there's always going to be more work. You could stay here for an eternity and you would never be caught up. She's like, when it hits four, get out of here. And that really stuck with me. And I try to remind myself of that too now in my business, especially running a business online. The work never ends. And the first year or so of my business back in 2015, I would stay up for hours and hours, sometimes days, just trying to get more done. 
my husband was like desperately asking me to come to sleep at 4 a.m being like are you seriously still up and when we lived in a tiny house it kind of was even worse because my office was in our bedroom so here i am sitting next to the bed with my laptop light on and he's trying to sleep i mean it got really ridiculous right but it was all in the sake for the sake of being busy and trying to get more done and thinking that if i just worked harder and if i just worked longer i would be successful Well, I've went through many a burnout in my entrepreneurial journey so far, and it isn't worth it. I've had little mini burnouts. I've had huge ones where I just break down and I get super sick, and I've been sick for weeks at at some times with colds that my immune system should have been able to handle, but I just kept going and going. And I truly believe, too, that our brain health and how we think and how we process information and how much down mental downtime we give ourselves is crucial to our health and to our immune system. If you think about it, if you were running yourself ragged or if you weren't getting the nutrition that you needed, you would probably set yourself up to catch that cold in the winter, right? And the same thing happens when we're burnt out mentally. I can't tell you how many times my friends or my family say, that they've been really stressed about something, whether it's making a big decision or they've been extra busy at work. And even if they've been working out every day, getting their green smoothies in, they still find themselves getting incredibly sick. And the first thing I hear them say is, I just don't get it. I've been taking care of myself. I'm in great health. But they were totally omitting the fact that they weren't thinking about their brain and how it's one of the most important elements, right? We can't function if our brain can't function sounds simple enough. So I also want to talk about this quote from this article from the New York Times. It was an opinion piece by Tim uh, Tim Creter. And he wrote this, he wrote this quote that I'll quote that I just thought was so important. He said, the space and quiet that idleness provides is a necessary condition for standing back from life and seeing it whole, for making unexpected connections and waiting for the wild summer lightning strikes of inspiration. It is paradoxically necessary to getting any work done. It's so important to take time to do nothing, to take time to step away from your work. And I don't mean going on a vacation and being at the beach and then checking your Google email on your phone or your work email. I mean really unplugging and disconnecting. It's so hard to do. It's something I struggle with. And as I record this podcast episode, it's a huge reminder for myself too that I need to have solid times that I am taking time off each week, every day, every evening, and solid times where I'm making time to step completely away from working and my business so that I'm really getting that time. It's crazy too how sometimes when we take a minute to table things and truly step away, whether you're trying to come up with a a new idea, you're creating something fun or a piece of work or art or anything like that, or maybe you're trying to come up with a solution or a pitch for a job that you work at. It's amazing how when we actually take a minute to step back and fully pull ourselves away from something, how the idea can come to us almost out of nowhere. It seems like it's almost magic. I've had this happen when I've taken time off and been in nature. That's typically where I feel the most grounded when I can go out to a cabin and completely unplug just bringing a coffee maker and a book and maybe a journal. These are the moments when I go "Ah," and I'm able to fully exhale and feel like, wow, I really need to do this more often. You'll find too that if you ever meditate, 
sometimes when we meditate and we only focus on our breath, right? There's many different forms of meditation. One is not necessarily better than the other. Sometimes there's like focused meditation where you're actually trying to call in, you know, maybe your higher self or figure a specific thing out. But during times when I have just meditated for usually it usually happens when I've been meditating for at least 20 minutes and I'm just focusing on my breathing in and out and I'm letting all of these thoughts just kind of flow by but I'm not grabbing onto any of them right like they're just clouds floating by it's in these moments when the biggest realizations hit me and I go where is this coming from where is this idea coming from who is who is like showing up and giving this to me And it's because our brains are truly getting time to rest and bounce back. It's also why it's so important, too, to make sure you're getting enough sleep for your mental health and so that your brain can function properly. So today, I want to talk about a strategy that I use in terms of really making sure that I can boost my brain health and boost my productivity without actually working more without actually doing more and this is making time at least every two weeks to have a self-healing day now it doesn't have to be a full 24 hours in fact it could be a four hour sprint of relaxation right whatever you can do whether that means asking for help or support from your community or your friends to take care of a pet or a kid or something that you're working on or to delegate something to someone else so that you can take that chunk of time for yourself, it's really, really going to pay off. And I know that holding space for yourself to heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, mind, body, and soul is hard to do sometimes. But when we do, it creates this wave of nourishment that continues to propel us forward. And the problem is is that it's hard to make time for that space and that awareness sometimes. And it's hard to acknowledge when to-do lists and other priorities seem to be so much more important, right? They seem to be. That's the key there. But more often than not, when you really take a hard look at things or you really talk to your boss about what's going on, you'll find that sometimes these top priorities are not actually as much of a priority as you think. They may seem like it because there's a deadline attached to it at a job you're doing, but if you think about it, you cannot function and you cannot continue to do your job if you're not feeling your best, if you're not creating optimum health for yourself. So speaking again from someone who has experienced major burnout more than once, I can tell you just how important self-care truly is. And today I want to share these four powerful ways that you can bring yourself out of a stressful space. If you can do all four of these things in one day, you're going to notice some amazing changes in your energy levels, both mentally and physically, and you're going to be amazed at the emotional weight that you feel released from your body. But I want to side note here that you don't have to do all four of these in one day. This is kind of like the optimum, you know, ideal situation, but just making time to do even one of these is going to drastically improve how you feel and you're going to notice yourself feeling so much less stressed. So the first one is sweat. So what does it involve? It means moving your body, physically challenging yourself enough to break a sweat. So whether that's yoga or walking, running, weightlifting, sports, maybe HIIT training, right? High-intensity interval training, you name it. Moving your body is going to get these endorphins flowing through your brain, and it's going to help your serotonin uptake receptors work more efficiently. So this means that you'll be getting that boost of that good feeling that's going to last well beyond that booty hustle that you're working at, right? 
And you don't have to move fast or push yourself to the max either to benefit or to even sweat. It's amazing how when I started doing yoga and I'm still at the very beginning stages of that journey, I put off doing yoga for so long because I thought it wasn't a real workout. But I was super surprised when I started doing some of those workouts online or like the yoga with Adrian, which I love was how much I was barely moving, yet I was using this inner strength within my body and I was dripping sweat all over my yoga mat. So just kind of doing different exercises and realizing that you don't necessarily have to be running five miles to sweat. So there can be slow, mindful movements that you're doing, whether that's yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong and other forms of stretching that can increase your vagal tone, which then increases your blood flow and it reduces your blood pressure and it helps us stay in tune with our parasympathetic nervous system, right? The part that helps us calm down, the part responsible for rest and digest. Sweating and moving your body is also going to help you relieve stress, relieve anger and other emotions that may be hard to shake, right? Or that may kind of come up. I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. In particular, there was one time when I'd really been suppressing a lot of pain and emotions after I lost my dad when I was 23. And I finally decided that I was going to go out to a kickboxing class, something that I'd done for months and months um, leading up to my dad's uh, death. And I like never had any kind of emotional experience in it. But during this one workout, I was halfway through and I was doing the workout and there was the music blasting and there was about 30 people in the class and the instructor was going and it was like so high energy. And all of a sudden I could feel my heart rate really going, really pounding. And out of nowhere, I just started bawling like uncontrollable tears flowing out of my body, sobbing. And it was so intense. And I was a little embarrassed that I ended up making eye contact with the instructor and I just left. And she gave me this look though, that was like, you know, it's okay. Like like she'd seen this happen before. And looking back at that now, I know that this was really a moment where that sweat, you know, using sweat, using movement, as a way of self-healing was really working for me. It was really opening the gate for all these emotions to be explored and let go of. And it really helped me, you know, the following week to not only feel better and feel this like emotional weight that left my body, but it also helped me better focus for the week ahead. So the second area, and these are all, these all start with S by the way, the second component of a self-healing day is stream. So what do I mean by this? And here's what it involves. I mean, journaling. I mean, free writing. I mean, getting into a Google Doc and just letting go. I mean, writing in a way that where there's no audience, not even yourself, you're just writing, letting whatever is in your head get out onto paper, get out onto the screen, whatever way that works best for you, whether that's typing or handwriting, and just letting it stream out of you. We don't realize how we don't create these avenues for things to escape us all day, all week, all year. We bring in all this energy, all these expectations, guilt, feelings, other people's ideas. We bring all this in and we don't always create a way for it to to escape. We don't always create like a mental detox of sorts. Streaming also can involve crying, really making time to cry. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but sometimes I go, I really want to find a movie that I, that'll make me cry. You know, I really want to find something where I can just let go and release. 
I think that's why so many of us, you know, maybe secretly enjoy that show, This Is Us, because it's so good and it's so profound, yet it's so heartbreaking and so sad and so relatable that, I mean, I'm crying uncontrollable tears. I think there was like a meme somewhere. It's like this husband was writing like my wife either just found out her whole family was murdered or she's watching This Is Us. And it's really, really true. Streaming can also involve exhaling and just doing those deep breathing exercises and really imagining things escaping you and going out of you as you exhale. And essentially streaming is just letting emotions flow. Again, I, I remember the first time I watched the movie Fight Club and I was instantly drawn to this scene where this man admits that he's, well, the main character, admits going to support groups every night simply to cry and how cleansing it was. The truth is, we don't always give ourselves permission to cry. There's a lot of judgment and stigma around it, but allowing yourself to let it out and enjoy the process, and I say enjoy in quotes, you know, because crying can sometimes be enjoyable, sometimes not, but going through the process of crying can be so incredibly healing. And if emotional waves aren't hitting you enough to cry, or it's just not your jam at the moment, journaling, again, can be just as powerful. Free writing or writing from a place of free, free of self-judgment and for no particular audience, but yourself is going to allow you to release that mental energy and really, truly declutter your mind. The third component of a self-healing day is simply to slow down. What does this involve? Meditation for one, really stepping into focusing on your breath. It also involves deep breathing you don't necessarily need a specific exercise. You can do the four, seven, eight breathing exercise, right? Where you're breathing in for four, you're holding for seven, and you're breathing back out for eight. And if you do that at least three times, that's going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system also. But deep breathing doesn't have to be complicated. Sometimes it can just be breathing in and pushing out air back out through your mouth as hard as you can. And it's amazing how instantly we can feel better. Slowing down also means stillness true stillness. One of the most powerful ways to do this is out in nature, whether it's through forest bathing, whether it's through just laying outside with your dog, whatever it is, or even just going on a walk and noticing everything around you without a phone or without any distractions. So to do this, you know, find a relaxing space outside or even on your living room floor or on the couch and be still for at least five minutes Doing nothing and just being can feel awkward and and uncomfortable because, you know, these days we're really used to so many distractions and instant forms of entertainment. It can be weird to actually slow down and stop for a minute. It can be uncomfortable and unknown and different. And it also means, yes, you will be alone with your thoughts. But the more you practice it, the more you'll be okay with that. And the more you'll get to know your true self and your needs and what you're really wanting in your life, which sometimes can be the hardest thing to figure out. Sitting still with our thoughts allows us to hold this space for this release, to let go of what isn't serving us and to avoid the subconscious escapism that we that can be easy to run toward when we don't want to feel a certain feel or address a certain emotion. How often do you do this? You know, something emotional comes up for you or something 
that you know that you have to work through, but it, you don't want to. So you immediately start thinking of, I'm just going to start thinking of all these places I want to live or all these places I want to like move to, or I'm just going to go through this like dramatic thing at work that happened today or what Brenda said in the break room, like instead of just being with our emotion and holding space for it. The fourth element of a self-healing day is to soak. So what does it involve? A warm bath or, you know, a hot tub, whatever. Some um, hot springs if you're out in nature and have the ability to go there. But it also can involve, you know, just being in a room and soaking in light, right? Like a light bath or a sound bath. So dimming the lights, maybe plugging in a salt rock lamp, listening to some tranquil music or some like healing like theta waves or brain waves. Relaxing in a bath too, it can be really great to use some Epsom salts, some essential oils, or even a bath bomb if you prefer. A cleansing warm bath with Epsom salts is not only going to help detox your body and relax your muscles, but it also can be a relaxing ritual to ground yourself and recenter your mind. Imagining your body releasing stress and soaking in love and energy and happiness and peace can instantly shift your mood and your current outlook. So as you think about what it means, what in what ways maybe you've been using busy as an excuse to not fully take care of yourself or fully carve out the time for yourself, I'd love to hear from you about what area of self-healing you're going to start working on or making time for or what day you're going to do this. And I'd love to hear too if you actually do all four of these things in one day. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. You can always join me in my private Facebook group, Mindful Productivity with Sarah Steckler, or you can send me a DM or comment on my Instagram page. I'm at Mindful Productivity Blog. As always, you can find more information, courses, and the podcast notes at mindfulproductivityblog.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this week's episode was helpful to you. And if you haven't already, but you've been enjoying this podcast, please make sure to go leave a review or a rating so that others can find it as well. I hope that you have an amazing week ahead and just remember that you are so worth the time it takes to take care of yourself. I'll see you next week.